this room, everybody. God's got good things in store, amen? I am so glad to be able to be with our church family and all the guests today. And here's what's neat. You saw that Porsche and those keys. I want everybody to reach underneath the seat where you're seated. Yes, because today everybody's getting a Porsche. No, no. <laughs> when, when we created that video in my mind, I thought to myself, you know, are folk going to go, oh, now they're going to not. That's not at all our heart, but nobody's getting a Porsche, okay? So I was glad one of our guys let us use his for the video. Weren't those guys great in the video? The one dude, man, I love him, look like a hitman, you know? It's so, there's, I don't see him in here today, but there, there's Andrew, the other fella. So, yeah, you're the schlub that turned into something great with the keys. You know what? When I think about that in my own life, guess what, y'all? Your pastor's the schlub that turned into something great with the keys. Amen? Because if it wasn't from Jesus, man, if it wasn't because of the Lord, we would walk in nothing. And, and I don't know about y'all. I know this might be a little bit not our normal thing, but I want you to stand one more time on your feet if we can. I don't know about you, but, but we've missed three weeks of service. I feel... I feel like our public praise got postponed. You know, our, our, our corporate worship got waylaid a little bit. I want to take 15 seconds with everything you have. Give God a praise in here. Come on, let's go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, God. We praise you for who you are. Ten more seconds, God. We honor you for your faithfulness. We honor for you for your, who you are in our lives, Jesus. Hallelujah. Five more seconds of praise, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Ah, amen. You may say, does it take all that? I don't know. Go ahead and have your seat. I just know he's worthy. And I feel like, man, three weeks was too long to not be in corporate worship together and so God you're so good to us this year um, where did this come from this idea of acceleration I was on an extended fast back in September and August or August and September and during that time normally I'll pray God what do you want to speak over our church in the new year as we start the new year and if you remember last year was intentionality you know just that God wanted us to be intentional in everything that we did and we saw that from a staff level we saw that in your all's family lives I mean God brought fruit from that intentionality and and Normally, it's in December when I start to hear that kind of mindfulness from God on the focus of the next year. And um, this year, I was in the middle of this fast, and the word acceleration kept coming to me, you know, acceleration. And, and all that started coming, I was studying the book of Joshua, and the idea of Joshua, this group of people, the Israelites, are going through the wilderness. They get set free from Egypt. Anybody set free in here? All right? But they got waylaid in the wilderness, 40 years. And my mind started thinking, God doesn't want us as a church, as a people, as homes, as families, as singles. Any 20-somethings in here make some noise? That was ridiculous. Make some noise like you're killing something on a, a, a video game. Make some noise, 20-somethings. Yeah, okay, all right, cool. I love it. Oh, you know, he doesn't, whatever group you are, whatever age group you are, it's like I believe that God doesn't want us to get stuck, you know. He doesn't want us to, to go, hey, I had some victories, 
I've come through the Red Sea. I've come through and out of Egyptian bondage, you know. But now I'm stuck in the wilderness, you know. God wants us to celebrate everything he's done in our church and our lives the last few years. But not to rest in the wilderness, but to take our steps toward the promised land. To take our steps toward possession of what God has for us individually. What he has for us in our relationships. What he has for us as a church, as a movement of God. Amen. And so today we're going to start in this series, but you heard me say, you know, that acceleration is just that idea of an increasing in the rate or speed of something, a hastening, if you will, a speeding up, a quickening, um, an advancement. And I just want to believe from God that in 2017, we're not leaning back on our heels any longer, but we're leaning forward into what God has for us. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles and stand to your feet. We're going to start in Isaiah, okay? And the reason why we're going to start in Isaiah is because this is where the church got to. This is where the Israelites got to. He brought them out, got through the wilderness, walked in the promised land, and forgot about it. And then forgetting about it, God comes and begins to remind them in Isaiah about where they've come from and what they can look forward to. We're going to get to Joshua here in a little bit, but I want to go back first. It's um, chapter 43 of Isaiah, verse 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. You can put your name in there, okay? So he who formed you, Monk, okay? You know, he who formed you, Mitch. He who formed you, Amanda. Who formed you? God, right? He's intimately aware of you, Amanda, and your life and everything you're going through. He knows you. He knows everything you're going through, everything you're doing. He sees, you know, that's our God. I love it. For you're not, he says, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Such a precious price has been paid to cause you to be his. And that price paid was the blood of Jesus. That's what redemption's all about. And so when somebody pays for something, they take care of that thing. Amen? If it, my buddy that owns that Porsche, he doesn't drive that Porsche on the fire roads leading up to Springer Mountain to go hiking. He's not doing it, you know. Why? He paid for that. He's taking care of that. Jesus paid for you, and he's taking care of you. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Now, this is causing them to think back, because these are people that have passed through the Red Sea. These are people that have passed through the Jordan River. When you've passed through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. There for you, the Hebrew children, right? So he's just calling back. Haven't I always been there for you? You know, haven't I always been with you? Aren't you mine? Haven't I shown you that you are mine? Now, that's good stuff, but you forgot about it. Now, stop forgetting, but don't get lost there. Go forward. This is kind of what this is going to show us here. It goes on, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Jump over to verse, I believe it's 16. Yeah, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea... A path through the mighty waters who drew out of the chariots and horses the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there never to rise again. Extinguished and snuffed out like a wick. Now, that's awesome. But then God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Let's pray for a moment. Can we do that? Jesus, right now, over the next few minutes, would you direct our conversation, God? Would you stir us, Lord, with faith? 
and with a sense of passion for what you want to do in our lives personally this year. And, and God, would you give us the courage to take the steps toward possessing what you want us to walk in, God. That, that we wouldn't get waylaid, Lord, in our doubt. And we wouldn't get waylaid in our disobedience and our rebellion. But, God, we would just passionately keep our eyes on you and walk into what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have your seat if you would. It's easy to say at the beginning of every year that God has a passion to do something new in you, right? Every preacher will say this from the platform in the last couple weeks. God has something new for you. And every year you knew my story. And every year I came up here almost 300 pounds. And every year God's going to do something in me. And I know this is my year. But last year. I come up here and I told you that something was ringing in my heart. Remember like when you go to a restaurant and they give you that little disc that's going to buzz, you know? When it's your time, it's going to buzz. Everybody say, when it's my time, it's going to buzz. And, and last year, this same day almost, it was a week earlier, man, I felt that little buzzer going off in my spirit. And I was afraid to even say it, that it was my time for my thing, for my God. But I said it. I said, this time next year, I won't come waddling up here. I didn't say that part. But this time next year, there's a difference that's going to happen. There's something about, and it's not just resolutions. There's just something about the new year that gets you thinking about new things. And this time last year, I knew I had to walk in greater health. Y'all had invested so much in my hearing. Thank you. I'm here. Hallelujah. That was awesome. I'm a robot, but I can hear. It's awesome. So, um, but no, you invested in me. And I felt like, how dare me not invest in my own health? And began that journey, and, and man, I, I'm not that almost 300-pound guy anymore. I've got more energy. I still sweat, but i got more energy, you know? And so thank God for that, and I'm not done. And all I'm saying is I don't know what new thing God wants to do in your life this year, but I want you to expect great things. That expectation last year that something was buzzing and that it was my time, it was my turn, man, that went off in my spirit, and I began to run with that. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we go. But the thing with these Israelites, God was wanting to take them into the promised land, but they got lost for 40 years. They got lost. And what's wild is only God could have dealt with the Egyptians, right? There's no way they could have come out of Egypt land without the hand of God on them. The same way with us as a church. I feel like the last three years have been ridiculously amazing. You know, if you're new here, you don't realize this, that we were a church of a couple hundred people for about five years. I mean, we were a church that started with zero about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, you know. But, but for about four or five years, a couple hundred people, and nice church, great people, good folks, they're still here. Make some noise, right? Okay. <laughs> But then about two and a half years ago, something started to happen where increases started coming. And, 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 and look at all y'all. You know, it just started happening. And, and, and then with our little building, we couldn't fit in the little building anymore. So we started looking. And there's no way we could have got this building. Everybody say, only God. Only God. And so now we come out of Egypt, if you will. You know, we walk into this great blessing. We see the idea of getting alone and all the things. It's going to crush us. There's no way. And God made a way. He split that Red Sea wide open. And every bit of discouragement, every bit of doubt, all the stuff, it just got drowned, you know, by the sea of God's goodness. It just drowned Israel. We, amen. 
But I want to tell you something. Like Israel, we are prone to wander. We just are. You know, I, I found myself, that's why, partly why I went on the fast this year, uh, in the middle of the year, was because I just felt like I was getting kind of satisfied. Look what we've got, nice building, nice people, the church has doubled in the last bit. You know, this is incredible, great, and, you know, I mean, good night, we got the Wadegas in our house. I mean, <laughs> I just said that because you got beautiful shirts on right there. So, everybody stand up, show them your shirts. Yeah. The 100 plus volunteers, that's what they got for serving on Christmas Eve. And a great sense of satisfaction. So, <laughs> so if everybody's going, where do I get a red shirt? You don't. <laughs> next year. Next year. So when it comes down to it, just like Israelites, we are prone to wonder. And I really felt like the thing that we come through, think about it like this in salvation. Wasn't there some quick victories when you first got saved? God just has a way of doing that. He, he brings you out of bondage. Next thing you know, uh, Egyptians are drowning in the waters behind you, you know. And you're walking in great victory. And then you kind of get lulled into a sense of just everything's good, everything's great. And then old things start to creep up. It's just, it's our natural hearts. It's our natural tendency. And we're prone to wander. And, and I just feel like if we're not careful as a church, we'll start to wander. And we'll just be the next neat little church on the corner that, that we all get together and we just love each other. I mean, y'all love each other. Y'all crazy. I, I love it. It's a beautiful thing. I've never seen a place of hoops and hollers like y'all, you know. And you love each other and you're there for each other. And I think that's so wonderful. But we can just be that next neat little place. It's like, God, what do you have for us, you know? I don't want to miss the evangelistic opportunities that God has for us. I don't want us to miss the mission opportunities that God has for us. And when I say us, I'm not saying for corporate momentum church. You know I don't believe in that. You are momentum church. So if I can't get you to walk through the wilderness and into a sense of acceleration that what God wants to do in this new year, then momentum doesn't do it. Amen? Does that make sense? Because it's, it's, not, it's not what are we going to do corporately. I mean, that, that happens because we all do it together. But if you're going, God, what do you have in my life? And I show up at a place, you know, like a venue in town, or I show up at a, a, a restaurant, or I'm on a, a ball team and I'm coaching, or you're, whatever it might be with your little connections in the city. If you're living a life leaning forward toward what you can possess and the things of God, oh, my gosh, you watch out. God's going to allow you to possess what he possesses. Take hold of what he's already taken hold of you in the spirit. He's going to allow you to take hold of it naturally. And to me, because I'm an evangelist at heart, that's lives touched and lives changed. And I, mean, I look around this room last month. There was some people in this room. I'm not going to say who, amen. But the enemy tried to destroy you the last month. But the enemy was defeated. I can't help but be excited about a God that can do that, you know. And I don't want to lean back. I want to lean forward. I don't want to just get satisfied in the wilderness going, look at all that God brought us out of. Look, we used to be in that little tiny building, and now look where we are now. Praise Jesus. Praise our names. That's not, no, God, who, what do you want to do in people's lives? What marriages do you want to heal this year? What, what lives do you want to touch? What person that comes in this house with cancer that you want to allow to leave healed and whole? What person that comes in here bound with addiction that you want to set free? What, and, and you know what? He doesn't do that through the preacher. He does it through the pew. That's why so often when we do have prayer up here, I'll have women come up here, men come up here, and I'll just step back and let you all pray, you know. Because I don't want it to be about the preacher, it's about the pew. And if I can get you praying for each other in the house, you'll pray for each other outside the house, you know. 
Man, I'm going to preach all day if I don't keep going. So, <laughs> I told Amos, I don't even know if I know how to talk anymore. No, I'm kidding. Shut up. That wasn't it. <laughs> so when it comes down to this idea of moving from Egypt into the promised land, in the book of Joshua, we see an acceleration take place, all right? Forty years of wondering. Now, God says something that's powerful. I want to I read this. You don't have to stand. We just do that once if you're a guest. Just once a week, we all stand to honor his word at one time. But, but in Joshua, it says, early in the morning, Joshua, let me pull it over here so I don't have to look on that screen. That drives me nuts. Early in the morning, Joshua and all of Israel, they set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they can't before crossing over. Sometimes God has to take you from the Shittim, but I won't go there. <laughs> Did I just read the word? That's all I'm saying. Just, just, okay. Just the word. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> After three days, the officer went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Let me stop there. Pastor Corey made a great point. It's not about resolutions. It's not, it's not about just getting your, your faith up to believe for something great this year. It's getting your eyes set on the Ark. That was the physical manifestation of the presence of God at that time. It's, that's where our eyes have got to rest, is on the ark, on the presence of God. And I love it. It was the Levites that went forward. It was the Levites that went and they put their feet into the water and the water began to... If we'll come in, Levites were in charge of worship. Amen? I believe that this year, if we'll come in here with an expectancy in our worship, not just outside the four walls, but our corporate worship, God will start to do some stuff. There's something about an anticipation of expectation that God's going to show up when you worship him that God just gravitates toward. It's a powerful, beautiful thing. And so here, the worship is leading them into the promised land. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance of about a 1,000 yards between you and the ark and don't go near it. You know, all these people have got to watch that. If everybody was close, close to it, they would not be able to see it for the people. And so they had the ark a little bit of a distance out so they all could see, and they're all following the ark. Now watch, Joshua told the people, consecrate. Everybody say consecrate. Yourselves for tomorrow, say tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate for tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. To me, as I looked at this passage of Scripture... All I could think of was for 40 years they've been wandering, and now they have a tomorrow. Isn't that cool? Think about it. I don't care what you're going through right now. Wouldn't it be if you were going through something and you thought in your mind, tomorrow it ends? Wouldn't that be a neat expectation? I mean, like, you, you're, 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 you're sick, and you know tomorrow the healing manifests, you know? You, you're fighting with your wife, you know? And I know tomorrow Amy going to shut her mouth. You know what I'm saying? Oh, where'd she go? My wife's gone. No, I'm, I'm just, I shouldn't have said that without her in here. I will be in so much trouble. No, but you just know, man, it's just a little bit more stress. But tomorrow, tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow. And that's what I mean by acceleration. 40 years. And it was their own doing. But 40 years. And now a promise that if you'll consecrate yourself, tomorrow I'm going to start doing something. Man, less than 24 hours, something's about to happen. I don't know about you, that gives me chills. Do you know what that need is in your life right now? Do you know what that, 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 that hunger is in your life right now? What if, what if 2017 was the year? 
Now, here's the thing. If you get your eyes on the, car, on the ark, if you get your eyes on God, let's say it's not. Well, that builds faith, Ross. Well, I just got to preach honest, though. Sometimes things don't happen in a calendar year, amen, you know. But if your eyes are on him, you'll never miss a step. Some of those worst dark times that Amy and I went through were fashioned, I believe, to allow us to get our eyes on him and off everything else. And those steps in the darkness led us to the light that we're experiencing now, you know. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to give you a false sense of hope that everything in a moment... But I really believe God was saying this is going to be a year of acceleration. We're going to have thing after thing after thing after thing where we're going to say, God, I can't believe only you. You brought this so quick. Never expected this to happen. Amen. And so as we look at this, what I want to do, the word says consecrate yourselves. That word consecrate, it means to declare something as sacred. I want you to declare your life as sacred in this year. Okay. Don't don't miss this, the power of this. We separate sacred from secular all the time. We just do. We live a life where the sacred we experience on Sundays, maybe in our devotional life, you know, once a a day or a couple times a week, but that's sacred, and then everything else is about you. I challenge you to consecrate yourselves as sacred, everything about you. Your sex life with your spouse is sacred. Your financial dealings with your business partner is sacred. Amen? The, the way you coach, the way you teach if you're a school teacher, the way you do medicine if you're a doctor or a nurse, every single thing you do is sacred in this coming year. Amen? And, and I just want to challenge you to do that. So the second part of that is you set yourself apart and dedicate yourself for the purpose of God. So you're going into life going, God, I know you have a purpose in my life, and today I recognize that you're going to do something in and through me. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm open to that. Man, we live that way as a, as a, a, a daddy, it's going to change our home. You live that way as a wife, it's going to change your daddy or your husband, <laughs> you know. You live that way at school, it's going to change the school environment, etc. You know, I, ju- I just want to challenge us to walk sacred. And so what we're going to do, I want you to reach over to your seat and grab the communion element, okay. I know we don't like these little paper things, but for a day like this, it works really well. And, and I want you, if you're a, a, a Christ follower, you know you don't have to be a member of our church to take communion. But communion is a symbol of the body and blood of Jesus. And as we start this season that we're going into, I want us just to take it right now together. Is that okay? We're just going to take it together. I, I want you to pull the bread out. And um, it's a little cellophane. Just peel it off and take the little piece of bread. And as we take this today together, it's just a, a, an act of consecration. God... I want your body to be seen in my body. Amen? Jesus, you are broken. I want your brokenness. I want humility to be seen in my actions. Jesus, you were meek and so honorable, powerful, power in restraint. God, I want your meekness and the power that comes from your spirit to be seen in my body. Lord, right now as a body, we we consecrate ourselves to you in this coming year. And we want who you are. You are the last. That we would be lost in you and that you would be seen. You are the light of the world. Amen? If you would, take the bread. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice an animal when they would do uh, an act of atonement, or they would sacrifice an animal as an act of, of worship. 
Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. His blood shed for us is everything that we need to walk into the sacred. You may say, but pastor, I don't feel sacred. I don't feel holy. I don't feel set apart. I don't care. He is holy. He is sacred. He has set apart. And in that, you're lost in him. And because of that, you are holy. You are sacred. You are set apart. Amen? Amen. This blood, Jesus, we recognize that it was poured out and shed to cover our sins. Lord, once and for all, and we thank you for it. We recognize that there is power in you, Jesus. And because of that, there's power in the blood that just washes us and makes us whole. And Lord, right now, you, this is a symbol that you have covered us, separating us, calling us. You say we're sacred. You say we're holy. You say we're righteous. You say we're, we're yours. And so we take this as a symbol of consecration today. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you would. Amen. Can you give Jesus some thanks in here? Amen. Just give him the applause of thanks. Hey, and you may say, well, that seems like a weird place to put that in the sermon. It is. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I'm kind of doing it on purpose because we can set it apart so mystically. You know, guess what? Jesus is going to show up in everyday parts of your life. Amen just going to, this year in 2017, God, I'm just going to invite you to just jump in wherever. Just, I'm going to walk in the sacred, I'm going to walk in the holy, I'm going to walk in the purpose of you, wherever, whenever, you just jump right in, Jesus, amen? So don't forget today, there's purposefulness in the, the kind of weird placement of that in the talk today, okay? Let it be a reminder, he's going to interject himself into things in you, but, but God told Joshua to consecrate yourselves, to set yourselves apart as holy for my purpose, and that tomorrow God's going to do something. So I want to kind of talk about that a little bit here. Tomorrow, he said, you will know that the living God is amongst you. The first thing, you know me and my point, okay, and we're going to work through these real fast. The first thing that I want you to have confidence in in the coming year is that you can expect God to show up. Amen? It, you can't force him to show up, but God told Joshua, consecrate yourself. And guess what? If you'll do that part, I'll show up. Tomorrow I'll be a most holy unto you. We'll consecrate things. And so, God, we're going to do our part. We're, we're setting ourselves apart as holy unto you. We're consecrating ourselves. And then there's just a sense of expectation that the Lord will. Say the Lord will. Some of you need to be reminded of that. that the Lord will show up. Amen? I'm seeing people that are, that are hurting, people that I know their story. The Lord will show up. Amen. Lindsay, John, the Lord's shown up. Young couple just wanting to have a baby. 20 weeks from now, come on. Baby's on the way. I don't know what it is for you, but the Lord will, just in a sense of expectation, the Lord will show up and do amazing things. The previous generation, they had failed to enter because of their negative thinking. They had failed to enter because of their doubt, because of their kind of rebellious hearts. And Joshua begins to speak to a new generation and says to them, consecrate yourselves. The old generation passes away. Joshua and Caleb and all these young folk get ready to go in. That's why I like the 20-somethings. Come on, 20-somethings. All right. So, <laughs> so the same way, all these, if it's just me, Marvin, and you all, we're going to do it. Amen? Two old guys and a bunch of 20-something. No, I'm teasing. Marvin's like, call me old. You're getting there. So you're, you're getting there. 
But this new generation, God tells them to separate themselves. And the same God that brought you out is going to take you in. They just had lost their confidence in that God. They just lost their direction. And so here we see this story where God's just challenging. The first thing is just expect him to show up. The second thing is when he shows up, make space for him. Amen? God begins to do something and calls things out in your life. Start to make some room for him. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Everybody say, among you. So he's going to be amongst us. Expect God to show up. And when he shows up, begin to make some room for him. I don't know what that might look like for you in your life. For me, it was a matter of health this year. And so when he showed up and put his finger on my life and said, this isn't just a a problem you have with food. This is a problem you have with sin. Okay? And can I be really open with you? I mean, can I be really open? Do you want me to be that open? Okay? I don't care if it's pancakes or porn. Okay? I don't care if it's biscuits or boobies. Can I be real open? Okay? I got a propensity for biscuits and pancakes. You know what I mean? That's, 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 and for me, the Lord started showing me, you will not tolerate some things in your life, but you tolerate other things. And I was tolerating too much, and it was becoming life-controlling in my health. And, at four, and so for me, God began to make it to 54, you know? It just wasn't going to happen. And so for me, God began to speak that I needed to make some space for him in my diet. I know it sounds weird. I fasted more last year than I've ever fasted before. I made conscious decisions. I can't walk into that restaurant. I, I began to look at it for me. I'm not saying for you, but for me, I had to look at it like it was sin. Because for me, guess what? It was sin. For me. For me. Okay? And I had to make some room for that. And I'm, it's cool. I made room for it. And I got a whole lot more room for other things. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, my clothes fit. It's awesome. Getting the car is easier, you know. I go faster on my motorcycle now. It's crazy what, you know, 65 pounds will do. But when it comes down to it, make some room. Now, here, listen. If God is moving in, guess what? That means there's some stuff that's going to have to move out. Can I say that again? If, if we're consecrating ourselves and expecting him to show up, and now he starts to show up, we've got to make room for him. And if he starts to move in, what moves out? What things in our life, God, we consecrate, we give to you, we separate those unto you. They're yours, you know. I don't know what that might look like for you. I just believe that as you do that, you'll see an acceleration of what God is wanting to do in your life. Does that make sense? All right. Let me continue. It goes on. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. I love how it says this. This is how you'll know that the living God is among you, that he will certainly. It's been a long time for some of us in this room that we felt a certainly, you know. We need to feel a certainly. That God certainly is going to drive some things out that are in your life. Amen? Last year, this week, last year, is when I just had a certainty. There was a certainty that came in. That this is a year of health. This is going to happen like never before. Have I had battles? I have. You can, the guy, two guys I'm accountable to will tell you there was times I had to call and confess. You know? Come pick me up. I'm at a buffet. You know? I'm, t- 
I got a Hunan hangover, you know, down here at the Chinese restaurant, you know. Help me, you know, just being honest. I felt embarrassed by it, you know, and um, all sorts of things, you know. But, man, certainly that was going to be my year, and it has been. Now, I don't want to get lost in the wilderness. I can feel it coming. I can feel I'm going to start getting lost in the wilderness again. He's in your life, and so it's possess, amen? And so I don't know what it is for you, okay, but some of you need some certainties in your life. And so you're going to first expect that God's going to do something this year. He's going to show up this year. When he shows up, you're going to start to make some room for him, whatever that might look like, okay? It may be in your finances. It may be in your health like I did. It may be in your marriage. You know, I want God to heal my marriage. What are you doing about it? Do you and your wife spend any time together? No, no, we're too busy. Well, carve some time out. You know, it may only be 45 minutes a week, but you pull some time away with your spouse and let God begin to do a work, okay? Whatever it might be. All right, so when it comes down to it, um, number three, give God something to work with. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to expect him to show up. When he shows up, I'm going to give him some room. And then when he comes, he's going to start asking for some stuff. He's going to start putting some demands. You know, for these guys, it was go down, keep your eyes on the ark, it was put your foot in the water. It was to walk across. It was to do this. You know, there's going to be some demands that start to be put on you, okay? The Israelites had to consecrate themselves. They had to step into the water. They had to keep their eyes on the ark. They had to give God something to work with. God always works in partnership with us, okay? And so, like I said, last year it was my health, and I partnered with God in that, and I saw a difference. This year, it's my ability to grow as a leader, you know? I'll be 25 years in ministry March of this year. 25 years, that's insane, you know, I can't believe that, and I feel like God's just saying, you're an okay leader, you're a good leader, but you're, I got so much more for you to grow as a leader, God, I don't want to grow, it's 25 years, I'm ready to just ride this out, no, you're 44, you can't ride this out, you know, you got lots of years to grow, and I want to become the pastor that you guys, I don't know, deserve, or that you guys need, that, that I want to be, a, I want to be a good pastor, amen, amen. And so God's just challenging me on leadership this year in my own life, you know. And so when it comes down to it, we give God something to work with. In life, anything of great value or impact is accomplished on the backside of these three things. Setting oneself apart for the purpose of it. Having an expectation that what you're working towards will be accomplished. And then making space for that in your life. It, it, we, can, we can make it spiritual, and it is, because everything's sacred. But it's very practical, too. God wants you to set yourself apart this year for what he wants. Ask God what that is. Begin to make room for that. And then when he puts demands on you that helps to accomplish that, begin to give that to the Lord. Awesome, huh? And guess what? Tomorrow, you'll possess, certainly, you'll defeat all these ites, you know? God has that plan for you. And so, you know, tomorrow, we actually will celebrate and honor Martin Luther King, Jr., and when you think of his life, those three things happen with his life as well. I'm going to talk about two leaders, one past, one present, okay? And so when it comes to that past leader, he was in, is when he was in Montgomery, Alabama from 54 to 60. And during that time is when he was just a young, 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 upper 20s, young pastor of a church. And he starts to hear, you know, he raised his whole life around things that should not be, you know? Prejudice and, and anger and, and hatred and violence and begins to stand up, and then obviously leads the Montgomery bus boycott, all right? What's wild about that is he led that out of a basement office in a little church in Montgomery, Alabama, you know? Not a whole lot, but God started to speak to him in expectation that there can be something more. 
he began to welcome that and separate himself to the purpose of that. And in doing so, a great demand started to be placed upon him as he began out of a little office, not having a whole lot, but making the decisions that would begin really the, the, the fruit, or really put the feet to the civil rights movement that we have a blessing to walk in now. Amen? I love that God is making Momentum Church a more diverse place. Amen? It needs to be more diverse. Hallelujah. But I'm glad that it's becoming more diverse, okay? And so that was really, the feat to that took place there in the mid-60s, early, mid-60s, late 50s, mid-60s. And so, you know, you always think of Martin Luther King as Ebenezer here in Atlanta. He was already doing a whole lot of stuff in the secret place, in those quiet places, in those little, when you didn't think much, you know? And God's sort of working out great things. So that's kind of a great leader in the past, there was expectation, he made some space for God, he gave God something to work with, and now we walk in a more freer nation than, than, than we had at that time. And it's going to get better in the name of Jesus, amen. So, as we start this, 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 this year, I want, to, I want us to give God something to work with, okay. And so we're going to start with the fast, so we'll start there, and then I'll talk about another leader. But we want to start with a fast this year. We do it every year because of the way New Year's Day fell this year. It put us forward one week further than we normally. We would have normally started last Monday, but we're starting tomorrow. So if it's news to you, I'm sorry. We've been trying to get the word out for a few weeks that tomorrow we start a three-week fast. It starts tomorrow. It ends on February 5th with a potluck dinner following the second service. And so what will happen during the fast is you can fast anything you want. We just want you to have a mindfulness of consecrating yourselves unto the Lord. So you can fast social media. You can fast whatever, coffee. I do want to challenge you to fast something in regards to food, okay, something. Add to it. If it's one meal, if it's two meals, if it's vegetables only, whatever. I want us all to feel at some point in a day a, a pang of hunger or a pang of desire for food, okay. And, um, and I just think... In scripture, you don't see people fasting anything. It's food. That's what they fast. So I kind of want to walk in that four years, years ago. You know, powerful sentiment to fasting other things. God had me fast from hunting for four years, years ago. You know, was it a sin to hunt? No, but he had me to pull away from it because it was taking too much of my life. All right? And, and, and so, so whatever that is that God's calling you from, I, I think it's a beautiful thing to consecrate to him. So I want to challenge you to do that. What's beautiful is during the fast on the 25th, that Wednesday night, we're having a night of worship here. What we're going to plan on November, uh, or plan on, I keep saying November, plan on, on, on the, the 25th, that Wednesday night, to be here for worship. And here's something we've never done before. We're also having, at the same time, a kids' worship experience in the kids' church. So we'll have us in a worship experience here, and the kids won't just be, you know, they'll be having a worship experience for the children in the kids' church. So that's us making some space, some time, making some room for God to do what he wants to do, all right? And really, if you think about it, the fast, it knocks out all expectation, making room, and God giving up whatever you put your thumb on, I've given to you, God. I, I make, I'm, I'm offering what you're asking. It, it answers those in a very practical way. I think it's a very good way to train us for this year of acceleration. The, the next thing I want to talk about as we get ready to close is another person that comes to mind that's lived out this principle, and, and it's Brantley. You all know Brantley Johnson, right? Yeah. We love Brantley Johnson. 
Brantley had a great expectation. I met Brantley when he was 19 years old. Brantley is now 30. And um, when I met him, we were having coffee. He told me he felt called to be a preacher. He said he actually got to preach over at West Ridge's um, youth group. And so he said that he would love for me to hear the CD of the sermon. And I told him, yeah, I'd love to hear that. He goes, okay, let's go out. It's in my car. <laughs> great sense of expectation, you know. So we go out, and we sit down, and we listen to the young man's whole sermon, you know, sitting there. I'd only known him a couple weeks, and I'm listening, and I'm just like, wow, this is awesome, you know. And, um, and so there was a sense of expectation that he knew God had called him to ministry, and at 19 years old, he's declaring, I want to be a pastor. Ross, I don't know what that means in my life. I don't know my next steps, but I want to be a pastor. He made room for God in his nation. Number two, making space for God. I watched this young man as he, grew, as he made room for God in his life, you know. God... How many members Brantley was rough? <laughs> we started having him preach ever so often, and, and I had someone come up, and you've heard me tell that probably before, but they're, they're like, you can't have him preach ever again? <laughs> and this is probably seven, eight years ago, and I was like, listen, are we a show, or are we going to produce a generation of ministers, you know? Maybe this isn't always just so perfect, perfect, and neat, and all, you know, it's real. And we got, we got plans for the next 20, 30 years. Young people rising up and doing ministry. Man. And so there was a sense that he began to make space, and he took correction, he took direction, and just so proud of him, you know. And then he began to give God something to work with. And he went to Liberty University on his own dime. He went to Liberty University on his own time with work going on, you know, volunteering here at Momentum, but doing his schooling and got his degree in, in religious studies from Liberty University and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And we put him over Mo Kids. He was our first Mo Kids director, you know. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was fun. And... um. But he, he did with everything he could, you know. And then we put him over guest services, you know. Thank you, Stephanie, for taking care of guest services. <laughs> so, but through the whole thing, we were learning Brantley and seeing his giftings. And he's a systems guy, and he's a preacher of the word. Amen? Preacher. Let me say it again. He's a preacher of the word. And, um, and so with that, you know, uh, about two and a half years ago, he, um, he was um, working in other ministry. He's a volunteer, you know. And we've been friends for years. He'd been with us most of that time and was away from us for a little bit. And um, felt led to come home. And I said, you can come home, but you're not coming home just to sit. I want you to be on the team, which I think that blew his mind. And, um, and so we invited him back. And I've never done this, and I don't think I'll ever do this again. I, I doubt, unless the Lord directed me. But I told him, I said, I want a three-year commitment. I don't care if I ever pay you a dime. If you're coming back and I'm giving you a staff role, I want three-year commitment. And um. He signed that. I can't, I can't hold him to that. <laughs> but he, <laughs> Don't tell him. No, but he signed that three-year commitment, and for the last two and a half years, has just went at it with everything he has. I believe a lot of the growth we've had in the last two and a half years is because Brantley's a part of this church. I'm serious. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Um, I, I'm just, he's great with systems. He's a great pro today. Wasn't that awesome, that video? So many things behind the scenes you don't even know. That video that we saw today, wasn't that awesome, that video? The whole thing out of his head. He created the whole thing, shot it, produced it, wrote it, all that kind of stuff. Told me what to say. No, not quite that much. But 
It was awesome. And so along with that, basically, God, he gave God something to work with. And, man, he's been so faithful. And so I'm so thankful that it's not three years. This will be next, it's, it's two and a half years. But what I'm excited about is that tomorrow Brantley starts here full time. Amen? Yeah, let's stand up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Here's the thing, he's never asked for anything through the years, never asked for a dime, just wanted to be used, just wanted to be served, just wanted to serve, just wanted to be led and, and mentored, and he's just risen to that so powerfully and so beautifully, and so I will let you know, he'll be coming on full-time tomorrow, leaving an incredible position at a, a growing organization where they were actually honing him to become CEO someday, you know, but he's called to do this, you know, not sell, sell on uh, heat, heating and cooling, although he did a good job. But with it, he'll be coming on as our executive pastor, all right? And so he'll be running, helping run all things church-related. Um, and then also, he'll be our discipleship pastor still. And so over discipleship and systems. So when you think of executive pastor, he's just helping us with all our systems across the board. And I'm um, just serving with us and the staff. And, and I just can't be more happy. And so that's a, an announcement that's literally 10 years um, no, yeah, 10 years, over 10 years now, in the making. And so I, I'm just so proud. And so as I close, I want to say this. I believe that's a fruit of acceleration. I never saw that coming until after that word in September. And then in the fall, God just made a way for us to make it happen. And I believe that him coming, he coming on is just going to accelerate things this year from a corporate standpoint, standpoint. I really do. But I believe it's fruit of acceleration. So, listen, I want to say just like I don't know what, I know what God's called Brantley to. I don't know what God has called you to walk in this year. But, listen, you were made for this. Amen? You were called and separated by God for this. He's given you everything you need right now to arrive right where he wants you to be. It's up to you to live like you believe it. Amen? And that's my challenge to you is to stop driving in circles, be decisive, put your foot on the floor, and accelerate towards all that God has for you. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.